Praise the Lord, church. Praise the Lord, church. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We are starting for this month of July series on unity. And I will start the series this morning on unity. And it will come from the book of Romans. Starting at the 12th chapter, please stand for the reading of the word. If you don't have your Bibles, it should be on the screens for your visual. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly, than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy. According to the portion of faith or ministry, let us wait on our ministering. Or he that teacheth on teaching, let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity that you have allowed us to be in your presence on this morning. We thank you, Lord God, that you had appointed this time for us to hear from heaven and you wanted to show us what's on your heart that your name may be glorified that your people may be edified that sinners are justified and that the devil is petrified in the only name that really matters he who reign rule and shall return again jesus the christ we do pray amen you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. As the first portion of our series on unity, if we're going to title today's message, it will be United in Christ. I don't think they heard me. They didn't get happy enough when I said that. United in Christ. Amen, amen. The dictionary defines unity as the state of being united or joined as a whole. For those of you who might be writing that down, let me say it again. The dictionary defines unity as the state of being united or joined as a whole. Listen here carefully. Unity is not a carbon copy of another. But it is a collective 
of different people with one purpose. It is not individuals seeking their purpose in the same place. But it's individuals in the same place for the same purpose. I think I'll try it again. Unity is not individuals seeking their purpose in the same place. But it's individuals in the same place for the same purpose. Unity is purpose-driven, not people-driven. Unity produces the completeness of a picture, the wholeness, the cohesion of one movement. When an orchestra is warming up before a recital or performance, there are many instruments and many sounds and discord is present. Because everyone is focusing on doing their own thing. But when the conductor walks in and waves his baton, their focus turns to him. And these independent discords begin to harmonize to produce one song. Oh, Lord, come on, Jesus. Multiple instruments following one directive to achieve the same purpose. So what's missing from the body of Christ is the focus on one common purpose. We are more focused on finding our purpose than we are uniting for his purpose. We are more focused on finding our purpose than we are uniting for his purpose, such as the discipline discovered in the discourse. Paul is writing to the church in Rome. Paul does not refer to them as new converts. To him, this church was strong enough to help him carry out further missionary activities. They had developed strong concepts of unity. And in so, Paul's writing to them as if they were improperly, Paul's writing to them is not as if they were improperly following instructions. But it seems as if he has seen them as a well-organized, grounded congregation. Filled with all knowledge and also able to admonish one another. That word admonish, meaning they knew Jesus' teaching and they held one another accountable. Paul does not deal with major issues in the church of Rome. Nor does he has to deal with any organizational principles. Somebody say tradition. He didn't have to come or write a letter to break some tradition. They stuck to the word and they employed it. But Paul's letter gives the theology for believers to live like Christ. And chapter 12 gives step by step on how to be united in Christ. Verse 1, Paul begins to plead 
with the congregation that if you don't have this understanding, you will lose the unity that you already have. And he says, I appeal by the mercies of God. And we got to stop and understand that and look into that. He first made his appeal according to God's mercy. And the reason why he did that, because the only reason y'all can even come together is because you didn't get the punishment. And it was only the mercy of God that you even able to assemble here today. I thought somebody would have got happy right there. You deserve punishment. I deserve punishment. But because Jesus sacrificed his life, and since Jesus died, you want to sacrifice your life for him. Here we go. Here we go. Watch this. Separate from non-believers and united with believers for God's purpose. Y'all didn't get it. Y'all hear this. See, the, the, the reasonable service is to stay separate from non-believers and connected with believers for God's purpose. But it's so hard for us to stay connected with believers, but we flock to non-believers. All our beef is with people in the church. Come on now, here, somebody. But it's hard for us to stick together as the body of Christ, but we can chill in the mall with non-believers. We can be on the phone all night with people who don't know Christ. But when we need to come together for God's purpose, I knew it was going to get quiet. When we got to come together for God's purpose, it's an unreasonable service. Lord. <sighs> Which he finds acceptable. God finds this action. You uniting with a brother and sister. He said, I find this acceptable. And it's not an unreasonable request. If I, by my mercy, kept you from being punished, it's acceptable that you connect with somebody else that I show mercy to. But instead of connecting with the mercy givers or receivers, we want to connect with the troublemakers. Oh, Lord. Okay, okay. Y'all tired of me already. Here's the first point. You must stay united by Christ or you will be divided by life. I'm going to say it again. You must stay united by Christ or you're going to be divided by life. Paul said, not to be conformed to this world. Conform means to be similar or to behave according to social acceptance. So the church should never agree socially, politically, or intellectually with the world. Ooh, stepping on my toes. Whenever the world and the church support or match, there's trouble. Whenever the world or the church match or connect in activities, in belief, when we are not unified in Christ anymore, we are automatic divided by life and its issues. The world will say, Listen, don't be foolish. You got to use common sense. The world has tagged that phrase, common sense. Why? The Bible says you must use spiritual discernment. The world says use common sense, man. But God says you must use spiritual discernment. Okay, still not happy. Common sense is, or common by itself means an occurrence found and done often 
by the majority. So common sense is the thoughts I have, and it's just like everybody else's thoughts around me. And it has derived from my own intellect without God's involvement. Well, say that again, Pastor. You, I, I think I got you, but say it again. Okay, common sense means it's something that you made up in your mind, and everybody else thinks the same way, and God ain't a part of it. It is the same spirit that was present in Genesis when they were building the Tower of Babel. Uniting with one mind without spiritual discernment. And too often the church has operated in that capacity. Uniting with one mind without spiritual discernment. And it's causing them not to be united in Christ, but they're divided by every life issue. So since they only come together for their own intellect and involving themselves with what they call common sense, they can't get instructions from God. So every problem is going on inside the church because it ain't no spirit operating. They operating from their own mind. And we know what happened in the story with the Tower of Babel. They kept building without God and God had to shut it down. Come on, somebody. Spiritual discernment is the guidance of Holy Spirit to help Christians arrive to the best decision in God's will. So, 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 if friendship with the world makes me an enemy of God, according to James 4 and 4, whether I'm united in Christ or not, it's based on my friendship. Y'all miss that. So, you being united in Christ is based on who's your friend. A friend is someone you have a bond or a mutual agreement with. So, whenever I agree with the world, I'm God's enemy and not the church. So, whenever there is a mutual agreement, whenever I can see eye to eye, with the world. Whenever there's any issues that I agree with with the world, I made myself an enemy of God. So the only way the church can be united in Christ, it has to change its way of thinking. I got to change what influences my thoughts. Oh, Lord. I have to change what influences my thoughts and I'm motivated by the gospel, not gossip. If gossip motivates me, then I'm in sync with the world. If the gospel motivates me, I'm in alliance with Christ. Oh, Lord. We got to think, is it social media or is it supplication? Is it your favorite artist verse or is it your favorite Bible verse? Okay, okay, here's the principle. The Bible says, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. If I truly want to change my thinking, I have to change what influences my thought. If it's not the word of God that influences me, then I'm automatically being influenced by the world. And as long as I get worldly influence, I will never be in God's will and never reach spiritual maturity. 
the church don't have no power because it's trying to accumulate power from the wrong influence. The church can't make a difference in the community because it looked just like the community. Nobody is respecting the church because the church is out of its own respective. So what does that have to do with unity, Pastor? Because the will of God is only understood when the body is in agreement. Oh, see, y'all got sleep on that part. Y'all missed it. Everybody say, oh, I, I want to just know the will of God for my life. God, whatever your will is for my life, I'm okay. But I need you to know something. You'll never know what the will of God is until you connect with your brother and sister. You thought you could find it out by yourself. It is because the body is connected one member to the next member that the head gives instructions to the body. You out here operating without the body, then you ain't getting the will of God working in your life. That way one person can't think more highly of himself than he is. Do y'all read the Bible? Do y'all read what the Bible is saying? It said, don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to because you can't know my will by yourself. Y'all just read over that, you know what I mean? Oh, you don't think so. Oh, verse 7. You know what I mean? Y'all didn't understand what we're saying. God is saying, look, I need you first to understand the only reason why you in church is because of my mercy. And because I showed you mercy, I want you to connect with others who I showed mercy. And when you connect with them, that's acceptable to me. And it's perfect because perfect means you're going to mature. And you're only going to mature when you're not a friend with the world and conform with it. Your mind has been renewed. And when your mind is renewed, you know I need each member. When you think you don't need the next member, you thought more highly of yourself than you ought to. That way one person can't think more highly of himself because he needs the whole body. So your thoughts and preference aren't an option. I'm going to say it again. Your thoughts, your preference aren't an option. Because grace is the only reason you're even included. So you're either united in Christ or you're divided by life. Life will tell you you don't need your brother or sister. Life will tell you they get on my nerves. But guess what? I bet you hell get on your nerves worse than them. So if I need you to escape hell, I'm going to pray the hell out of you. Come on now, here's somebody. We argue instead of praying. Instead of covering or lifting you up, I want to expose and tear you down. We got to come together. Because if we don't come together, it ain't you who lost, it's I who lost. Oh, God. Here's the next point. If I have problems with fellowship, then I can't maintain membership. If I have problem with fellowship, I can't maintain membership. And I ain't talking about being a member of the church. I'm talking about being a member of the body of Christ. I can't say I'm a part of the body, but don't like the feet. The hand can't say I don't like the feet. The arm can't say I don't like the wrist. We got to work together for the body to move. Oh, Lord. Membership with the body of Christ is not your option. It's your operation. Come on here. I'm going to talk to these walls. Uh, membership in the body of Christ 
is not your option, it's your operation. Each member has a design gift that only works when we are on one accord. You want to know why you're not operating or functioning in the full capacity of the anointing that God gave you? Because you ain't connecting with the right person that God set before you. You want to know why you're not operating in the anointing or the gift that God gave you? Because you ain't connecting with the person that God has set before you. We want to get God but bypass our brother and sister. Move out the way. I want Jesus. What Jesus said, if you don't, any of what you've done to the least of my little ones, you've done it unto me. Wait a minute, Jesus. I love you, but I can't stand them. He said, how could you say you love God who you have not seen and hate your brother who you see every day? But Jesus, you don't understand. I tried. I just can't get with them. They just off. He said, look, 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 look. Don't you understand? Everything in my word is contingent on one another. Pray ye one for another. Touch one another. Everything is in one another. So I can't have Jesus without the other. Ooh, I'm preaching today. Woo! I can't get into heaven mad at you. I can't think that I'm in the will of God excoriating you. Woo! I'm trying to tell you. <sighs> Trustee Tucker, preaching real good in this little jacket right here. Amen. Each member has a design gift that only works when we on one accord. The gift that's in you manifests accordingly for the purpose of God's will. So, God has a will in the earth. Jesus said, let thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So the only way that God's will could be done on earth is when we connect together and the gift flows through us to make or operate God's will. God's will can't happen until we come on one accord. You want to know why we in such a mess as a country? Because we can't connect as a body. And because the body is disassembled or disconnected, the world going to do what the world do. So whenever there are social injustice, when the church unite, the gifts will direct the church by the faith of each member. Because every one of us has been given a measure of faith. So why is the membership so important? Because without membership... There is no gifts. Without memberships, there is no gift. And where there is no gift, there is no revelation. Oh, my God. Do y'all read the Bible? He said, I've given to you some evangelists, some prophets, some uh, preachers, teachers, all for the perfecting of the saints. So if they're not coming together, the saints aren't being perfected. And since the saints aren't being perfected, prophecy's not going forth. There's no revelation of God's will operating in the world. <sighs> and check this. If there are no gifts, there are no revelation. And without revelation, there is no unity. 
Because it's the revelation of Jesus Christ that brings us together. And if I recognize, or if it's revealed to my heart who Jesus is, I don't mind loving you. When I was the unlovable, when, when I was the one stuck in sin, and Jesus saw fit to pluck me out of the Mari clay, I can look at you and see who I was and love you like he loved me. The church is only the church when we agree. Do you know what amen mean? Do y'all know what amen? You can't say amen unless you agree. And the church can only be a church unless they agree. And the basis of our agreement is the word of God. We don't disagree because we like the same color. Or I like the, your choice in shoes. Or, or you had a nice pocketbook. That, that's not agreeing. It's only amen on agreement on the word of God. Okay, 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 okay. Y'all ain't understand. Here we go. There was a father who had two sons who were always fighting. He asked him, why you always fighting? The younger said, because he think he know everything. The elder son replied, he never listened to anything I say. Father said, you guys are letting yourself be divided by opinions. Mm. But you guys are forgetting that you're connected by blood. Oh, Lord. The father said, you guys are letting yourself be divided by opinion. But you guys are forgetting you are connected by blood. He gave each son a stick and instructed them to break it. Both sons broke that stick with ease. Then he asked them to break a bundle of sticks, which was tied together with a red string. And neither son could manage to break it. Still slow. Y'all thought I was still talking about them sticks. You see, Jesus is the string that connects us by his blood. So your preference and your thoughts, your position does not overrule or override the string. As long as the word of God is in the hearts of the people and united for the same purpose, the enemy can't break us. The world can't take us and trouble can't shake us. Lord have mercy. But when we get a single thought, our faith is broken easily. When we're operating on the intellect of what we think, it's easily broken. And when we have too many individuals with individual thoughts, all of it is crushed and the church ain't operated. Amen. You're either united by Christ or you're divided by life. If you have a problem with fellowship, you better check your membership with Christ. But here's your last point. Unity produces immunity. Yep, that's it. Unity produces immunity when the body is united in christ it is not infected by the lies and the system satan has created yeah, yeah. ephesians 6 and 12 say we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities the word principalities means the leader or the one who started it started what rulership 
of darkness and spiritual wickedness. Do y'all read the Bible? Maybe y'all need to come to Abundant Hope. She just taught on the, the gifts of the Spirit. And what happened, it says, against the principality, and principality means the leader, the one who started. Started what? The rulership of darkness and spiritual wickedness. So if you're not united in Christ, you are exposed to the infection of the spiritual wickedness. And this spiritual wickedness comes from demons in authority. Oh, Lord, y'all missed that. What you say, Pastor? This influence comes from demons in authority. You thought that the whole political structure was just operating on its own? No, there are demons orchestrating the strings behind it. And you're going to be influenced by all of these different organizations if you ain't protected by what influences your thoughts. You are only immune because the blood has antibody in it against Satan. The reason why you got antibody from Satan because you've been infected by Satan before. But the blood puts immunity in your life. The infection is the strategic system placed in high position. Set up to oppress by using deceptive techniques orchestrated by Satan. His goal is to manipulate the reasoning and concepts of your perception. Meaning he controls the narrative of what your eyes see. And the influence on what your mind thinks. So the more I'm attentive to the devil's narrative, the more my reasoning is shaped by the devil's deception. So when I'm in the world, his influence can penetrate my mind easily. But when I'm united with Christ, there is immunity from his deception because I'm in tune with the resurrection. Come on. Oh, tweet that, tweet that. When I'm in tune with the world, I'm acceptable to his infection. But when I'm connected with Christ, I'm immune from his deception because I'm in tune with the resurrection. Woo! You can't unite a people in Christ if they can't see the victory behind the resurrection. And the reason we find that a lot of us get messed up and torn apart is because we are so in tune with what the world is doing. If you ever want to know what's going on in somebody's life, check their Instagram page. If you ever want to know what's going on with them, check their Facebook. But instead of Instagram, I got a, a testimony. Instead of Facebook, keep your face in this book and God will keep you. I know a lot of people who may have many differences of opinion on how to solve this world's dilemma. Some are looking for answers in leaders and activists because they don't see the answer in prayer or in the Bible. Some see the answer in rallies 
are protesting because they don't see the answer in revival or church service. Oh Lord, they have lost the confidence in unity. They build their hopes on solidarity. But I know a man who can restore what was lost. His name, his name, his name, oh Lord, his name is Jesus, the only name under heaven given to mankind, which we must be saved. Have I got a witness? Oh Lord, and let Jesus reside in your heart, because at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. For unto us a child is born, unto us a child is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. Come on, Jesus. He will called wonderful counselor mighty God everlasting father and the prince of peace so don't worry about the government because it's all alone his shoulder whatever happened he will be your counselor because he's mighty everlasting prince of peace can I get myself a witness yeah, it was early one Friday. They marched him up Calvary Mountain. He unified us by dying, lifted him high, stretched him wide to God's justice was satisfied. He died. He died. He died. Oh, he died. But that's not how the story concludes that's not the end of the picture the devil was happy the grave was excited death rubbed his hand but hey, Sunday morning first day of the week he got up he got up not as a weakling but with all power Oh, power, Holy Ghost, power, healing, power, miraculous, power. Don't you know who he is? His name. His name is Jesus. His name is the bright and morning star. He's the alpha and Omega. He's the suffering servant. He's Mary's baby. He is the Messiah. He is the chosen. He is the deliverer. He is my redeemer. He is the great I am. Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Say yeah. Say yeah. Say yeah. Yeah! 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 Your 
united by Christ. God bless you.